0: hello listeners welcome to a global pandemic a prolonged powwow and today we will have a special guest we will introduce that special guest shortly i'll go ahead and start i'm jill welcome back to our podcast and let go ahead and introduce yourselves everyone
1: i'm jack and i am sid now we have a special guest on with us today Claire O'Connor. Claire, why don't you say hello to all of our listeners and introduce yourself?
2: What is up, everyone? Hello. My name is Claire O'Connor. So excited to be here today. Thank you for having me, folks. It's going to be a good time.
1: It is going to be a great time, Claire. We are so excited that you're here. Well, we start every single episode just doing a quick little check-in so that we can hear how everyone is doing since we don't get to see each other every day. Jill, why don't you start us off? How are you doing today?
0: I definitely feel like today was better than the other day. You know, the other day I was feeling really unprepared about all of this online classwork. Let's just say I know how to work Zoom now, so we're good. I do have a struggling internet connection, but you know what, you can't have it all. Um, And yes, I'd say my only complaint is my barking dog. You will probably hear him at some point in the podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Jill. Now, Sydney, how are you doing today?
3: Yes. Hello, everyone. I am doing very well, just online all stinking day, and it just got a little tiring, but you know, first day going strong, and overall, went really well.
1: All right. Well, for me, myself, um, I've also been in classes, really like you, Jill, getting the hang of Zoom. It's actually been pretty enjoyable to see everyone in my classes, see their faces. Um, very different than where I would normally be sitting in the back of the room, no one able to see me, um, (laughs) right front and center on everyone's screen. So definitely different, but getting used to it. Now, Claire, we have not been hearing from you this week because you are our guest. So tell us Mm -hmm. how you've been adapting to this new online school platform and just your new life back at home.
2: Yeah, it's been kind of crazy adjusting to all of it. I'm sitting here in quarantine. My city is like locked down type mode. So nothing's really open. I've just been hanging out. But today it was, I would say both confusing yet uplifting. Um, A lot of my professors have reached out, sending very inspirational videos or podcasts. um, So that was really great. And then um, it's so hilarious on the Zoom, just watching everyone's faces and playing with the different filters. It's just been, it's been really awesome. So yeah, that's, that's my life update.
3: Wow, that sounds really fun. I'd have to agree with that. Jack and I were in nutrition this morning. And, you know, I would have to say that some people were, seemed more prepared for that class than others just by their location. I think that um, some people probably could have been wearing more clothes if they wanted to keep their video on and they weren't. And so things like that, I think that could have been addressed. No but But we were just having, we were having a ball. We were laughing
2: oh that's hilarious
1: it was hilarious definitely
3: yes but I yes but I have noticed that some people have taken the opportunity through that on zoom to shout themselves out um, on tiktok Um, and at first I was you know not expecting that but then I thought wow like how smart maybe we should start doing that oh shout out the podcast that's great yeah that's what I'm thinking
1: Definitely shout out the podcast. Claire, what else could we shout out on Zoom? If you could shout out one thing and everyone go look it up, what would you want it to be?
2: Yeah. I think the only thing that's popping into my head right now, I mean, it's already kind of been exposed to all of us, but did you guys watch that video that Chancellor Boschini sent out to all of us a few minutes ago?
1: No, I haven't gotten to watch it.
2: No, what is it? folks, it's incredible. It's just him sitting in his office. It's called A Candid Conversation with the Chancellor. And he's so vulnerable he's like, guys, I am so lonely. I've just been waiting for all of you guys to come back. Um, and then he's so funny. He's like, well, I'm like a hundred years old. I don't have those Crace book. And he's like, says all the different social medias wrong. And he, and then he talks about like mental health and how, like, if you're ever struggling with anything like, don't be afraid to reach out. It's, it's like three minutes, but so powerful. So I would highly recommend that.
3: Thanks for sharing folks. If we can, we will definitely link that Mm -hmm. in the podcast um, description.
1: Yes. We'll have a link to that video and definitely from what Claire's saying, we would recommend go watching it. Yes. All right, Sydney. So I think it is time for our verse of the day. Would you mind sharing Mm -hmm. what we've picked out for today?
3: Yes, it is. It is time for verse of the day, y'all. And I'm just so excited about this one. So our verse of the day is going to be 1 Samuel 9, verses 2 through 3. If you have your Bible open, just whip that out. If not, we're going to link this in the description. So no worries about that. So 1 Samuel 9, 2 through 3, I'm going to read this. And he had a son whose name was Saul, a handsome young man. Remember that, okay? I'm going to continue. There was not a man, a man among the people of Israel more handsome than he. From his shoulders upward, he was taller than any of the people. Now the donkeys of Kish, Saul's father, were lost. Oh, no. So Kish said to Saul, his son, take one of the young men with you and arise. Go and look for the donkeys. So, folks, we can look at this and we can see that Saul was described as really the most attractive man in that place, but he was sent to go and find these lost donkeys, okay? I think that this is a great reminder for a lot of us that it doesn't matter how pretty your face is, sometimes you're going to have to do the groundwork. And that's just the truth of it, okay? I'm sure a lot of you are thinking, wow, like, I'm too pretty for that type of activity. I am too good looking to go and do, you know, that, you know, whatever it may be, take out the trash or go look for the lost squirrels when they get out, just whatever it may be. So I just wanted to give everybody a reminder that, even if you think that you are too attractive to do a lot of activities, it's just not true. And you have to accept that no matter how pretty your face is, you're going to have to do a lot of activities. And so it really doesn't matter. So I think that is a great inspiration for all of us here today. And if you have any questions, please follow up with us. We'd love to talk to you about that in more detail. And we, again, we are going to link that verse.
1: Thank you, Sydney. I think that also is very applicable to what we talked about on Monday with our Zoom production teams. I think that often um, when people are considering applying to be on our production teams, they think, no, that job is not for me. I cannot be behind the camera. I am too attractive, like they said in that verse. But that is not the case, folks. There is room for everyone on our Zoom production teams. And so if you are considering applying, but you think, no, I'm too good looking, I am too good to support these other great looking people that speak on this podcast. Um, That is just not the case. We want you to apply.
3: Yes. Thank you for mentioning that, Jack. I really do agree. And I think that we are bringing this up because we do have a lot of friends and just people that we've come in contact with, with that we feel like this is a problem. So we wanted to speak into that.
1: Mm -hmm. And also something that we want to remember for us, because as you know, we right now are a group of four very good looking people, very attractive people. Just they can't take their eyes off of us. And sometimes we have to remember, hey, it's okay to take a step back and do a little bit of the grunt work a little bit sometimes. And this versus an important reminder for us as well.
3: Yes, completely. Occasionally, it's okay.
1: Occasionally, not too much now.
3: Occasionally.
0: So, all right, listeners, it is time to see what our song of the day is, and we're gonna ask our special guest Claire. Claire, what is your song that you are bringing to the table today? Song of the day!
2: Alrighty, my song is from the brand new Surfaces album, and if you don't know them, they are fantastic. The song is called Keep It Gold, and it's very upbeat, very uplifting, um, and I think it's perfect in this crazy time to just remind yourself to keep it gold, you know? Keep
3: it good, keep it positive. So yeah, check it
2: out if you haven't heard it yet.
3: Thank you. I'm so excited to listen to that.
2: It's a great song.
1: (laughs) All right, well, thank you so much, Claire. I'm so excited to give that a listen. Hopefully we'll be able to get a link for that in the description. Um, Now you told us, Claire, right before we got started that you had not only brought a song today that you wanted to share with us, but you also had an important topic of discussion that you wanted us to talk about and get Sydney and Jill and myself our thoughts on it. So would you mind sharing with us what that is that you'd like us to discuss?
2: Yes, of course. I'd love to. So this is a topic that I've been really passionate about for a while. Um, my passion for it kind of started this past summer when I was at Frog Camp. Um, we had some lively discussions about this. But I think in midst of all this coronavirus stuff, it's come, it, a new point has been brought up. So I want to hear your opinion on the thought that birds aren't real mm. um, yes. and that birds are government spies. Um, and I'm just going to present a few of my arguments here and then I just want to hear your opinions. So I personally believe that birds are government spies and they, in fact, are not real because um, concrete detail number one, birds, where do birds typically hang out? You know, like the most iconic spot for a bird, whether you're like driving down the street. Where, where do you guys think a bird typically sits down, you know?
1: Mm, it's probably not in the
2: sewer, is it? No, it's not in the sewer. Think think more up, you know? You know,
3: you know what, the first thing that pops into my head is on the electrical lines. And to me, that could be how they charge. Yes, oh. exactly,
2: oh. thank you. That is how they charge, folks. So the birds are actually battery powered. Um, And so they need a certain amount of charging that needs to happen. And so they go sit on the telephone lines to charge. And this whole coronavirus stuff, um, it's really shut down so many things, whether that's school or the government stock market. Um, And I personally believe that it's just time for the birds, for their batteries to be changed. So the government needed to shut it down, needed to lock everyone down so they could capture all the birds and then go um, change their batteries because the charging wasn't working anymore. They had to do a full revamp, you know? So I think that's, those are my personal thoughts. I'd love to hear your opinions on that.
3: Jill, why don't you tell us what you think about that?
2: Oh, that's a that's a great question. Um, I think that there might be some exceptions. I mean, parrots obviously not government spies. They're
0: obviously.
2: they're nearly human. They can talk, you know. Yeah. But um, the one bird that I'm very passionate about that is for sure a government spy, the pigeon. Come on, come on, folks. There's no arguing with that one.
3: You know, I think you have a valid case here, Claire. Yeah. You really do.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I'd say for sure, definitely robot-like.
1: Now, Claire, I have an important question for you because I'm hearing this and I'm just like, you're definitely right, like this is making so much sense. Mm -hmm. I can't believe I haven't seen this in the past. Um, But I'm just wondering for hunters, Whenever hunters are killing dove to eat, how much do you think the government pays hunters um, either like as a non-disclosure to not release this information to the public? Or do you think that hunters are actually just like contracted employees to like retrieve birds that have gone rogue? What are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, that's a great point. Thank you so much for bringing that up. Um, and I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the restaurant HG Supply. Um, oh, it's a yeah. great restaurant in Fort Worth. HG actually stands for hunter and gatherer. So it's an association of hunters and gatherers in the area um, that go out and really just try to fight against the government in a humane way, and that's killing those birds, you know? Like, they got to mm-hmm. do what they got to do to protect us, and if that takes shooting down a couple of birds and then providing that food for your family as well. I think that that is a very valid point. Um, And the money, I am not sure how the government is exactly wiring that to the hunter and gatherers to get them to stop. But I know for a fact that the HG supply organization is too strong and has too many followers to completely give into the schemes of the government, you know?
1: That is such an interesting perspective. Um, I'm just wondering also now, like thinking about these hunters. how you became so knowledgeable on this subject. Because I know I've kind of seen some ripples around about maybe the birds are fake, maybe they're robots, maybe even the coronavirus is the way to replace all the batteries, but you clearly are an expert on this subject, which of course is why we brought you on this podcast. And so can you tell us when you started learning about this fascinating ploy to spy on all the people through the birds?
2: Yeah, so it kind of all started when I became passionate about the um, flat earthers movement because I'm, um, I'm a flat earther myself. Um, and then I started to think if the earth is flat, um, then there must be some other lies that the government is telling us out there. And that's when um, some of my fellow frog camp facilitators at Culture SC this past summer enlightened me with this subject and I kind of ran with it. And there is an organization called Birds Aren't Real. It's a company, clothing company, and they run a fantastic Instagram that really tells the truth of society. And I reached out to them, still waiting for a response and being very patient. Um, I know they're really busy out there fighting, fighting crimes. But I reached out to them because I really want them to partner with us at TCU to sponsor a Birds Aren't Real event. Just so we can get everyone on board, make sure everyone knows what the real truth is. That's of so so yeah, where I
1: would definitely go to that event. Now, yeah. Sydney... I know this is probably really troubling to you because of your deep involvement in environmental movements around saving the birds and your strong financial ties to the organization, Saving All the Birds. And so would you tell us just a little bit about how Saving All the Birds um, feels about this uh, thought, and also if they think it's true, if they're actually the ones that are behind the manufacturing of the birds, just give us all the details.
3: Yeah, I would love to. I would first love to, yeah, just speak about Saving All the Birds. We are a nonprofit, and we do we do care for the environment, for the birds around us. And I personally put a lot of money into this organization because I believe in it so much. Um, I actually pitch a tent at TCU because I don't have enough money to pay because all of it goes towards this organization. So you can tell the personal ties that I have to it. Now, first, I'd like to say, um, that I completely respect where you're coming from. I really do. Yeah. Thank you. Um, (laughs)
2: I respect that you respect it.
3: Thank you. I respect that you respect that I respect it.
2: Of course. Mutual respect.
3: Mutual respect, of course. Now, what I would also like to say is that we at Saving All the Birds have been looking into this over the past 70 years. and. (laughs) We have been looking into this for the past 70 years. And what we have found, I think, quite goes against the perspective that you are bringing to the table this morning. And we have brought a lot of pigeons into our personal lab. And, of course, all for the purpose of proving this wrong, we have... Cut them open. (laughs) We have cut them open and found no battery packs inside of them. Okay? We have cut open thousands of pigeons. Thousands. Wow.
2: Thousands
3: Thousands? there.
2: Thousands. Well, I think you know what? I'm just gonna interrupt.
3: Thousands of pigeons we have cut open and we have found no battery packs none and just to be safe we have also brought in many different types of birds we have brought in eagles we have brought in falcons falcons claire we have brought in so (laughs) we have brought in so many different types of birds and we have cut open their insides and we have found no battery packs and we do this not to kill but we do this to prove these points wrong because we believe in them so thoroughly. And so you can see that I respect where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. But I have to bring to the table scientific evidence, yes. scientific evidence that you are just wrong. And um, I, just, I understand I wanna, that this could take you. <laughs> I just want to thank you real quick.
2: Um, it's really hard I know. I know that birds aren't real is a strong partner with the HG Supply, and we are out there trying to fight against these birds um, to take down the spies. And I just want to thank you guys for doing that dirty work, even though you have that beautiful face. You are you're out there doing that dirty work, cutting open those birds. And even thank if you're recognizing that, that, even if you don't like do it for the same reason as us. Um, you're still doing it, which is amazing. And those thousands and thousands of falcons and flamingos and penguins
1: that you have killed, all great, all great stuff. Thank you so much. Like, it truly means a lot. Now, Sydney, we know that the evidence you have discussed of cutting open all the birds would certainly contradict the claims that Claire has brought to the table. And so I was just wondering, would you and your organization be willing to photograph some of the dissected birds and put links <laughs> in the description <laughs> for all of our viewers to see so they themselves can see whether or not they think the birds have the battery packs.
3: Yes, Jack, I would be happy to do that. I have many, many thousands of files of <laughs> dead, <laughs> dead birds. <laughs> I have many, many thousands of files of cut open birds. And I would just I would be thrilled. Overjoyed. I would be thrilled. I would be overjoyed to upload these and just share them with the public. I have been looking for a way to share these pictures with the public, but I've just thought that putting them on my Instagram is probably a little much. And so I would love to do that. We are going to link some of those photos. Let's do that. Do we think that's a great idea? I think that's a great
1: idea. And definitely viewer discretion is advised because of Mm -hmm. the nature of the content of these photos. But I just wanted to bring up one more topic for us to discuss that I think both uh, Claire and Sydney have touched on. And it's the topic of endangered birds. Um, And so endangered birds, of course, from Claire's perspective, would be fake. Um, they're obviously not real. They're just different models of the birds. And so I would love for Claire to touch on a little bit about why endangered birds get so much attention considering they're not even real. And then for Sydney, um, whose organization has clearly sponsored multiple murders of endangered birds, just asking how she can claim to support the environment and birds while still murdering uh, the endangered birds who have honestly very few relatives left. And so let's just hear from both of those. People on what they think from that topic.
2: Yeah, that's an awesome point, Jack. Thank you for mentioning that. Um, I was actually about to bring that up. Um, I just wanted to touch on how the promotion and the mass publicity that endangered birds get—it's not necessarily for the birds. Like they are—they are fake, one hundred percent. But those birds are actually used in a positive light. They're not necessarily spies. Um, Once a bird becomes endangered. There's no longer spy technology within the bird. It's um, it's more of a promotional technology. Um, and I know that's really hard for you to understand because you don't have the background that I have, but these birds are used to promote the other real endangered animals, including the rhinos, you know? And TC fights so hard for those rhinos. Um, and so those, yeah, so hard. And we do all these field trips and whatnot and the rhino runs. And so those birds are used to promote um, and further the interests of those other endangered animals. So it's really selfless of them, um, and it's great.
1: Okay, well, that's so interesting to hear that even though so many birds are spies, there are still many, many models that do such significant work for promoting other endangered species. Yes. And that's oh, so cool sure. to hear how that can happen. Now, Sydney, of course, you would have a differing perspective that we'd love to hear about.
3: Yes. Well, as far as endangerment goes, we do understand as an organization that that is a problem. We do see that, and we do want to protect that. So I just because want to of that,
1: jump in and say that that's kind of hard to believe, considering your history with murdering these endangered animals. But we'll let you keep going.
3: Well, Jack, you didn't let me finish. For every bird that we kill, we grow too.) <laughs> How do you grow them Sydney? <laughs> yes for every bird that we kill we grow too and that is it's it's really um it's really very new very new a new way of doing things in this life um we do it in the lab I can tell you that I can't tell you much else because it, it has not been approved yet I but I would like to say that although it seems like, or that that our organization, Saving All the Birds, only murders birds, that's just not quite the case. We actually create more birds than we take away from this environment, from this society. So really, we are helping the world in so many ways. And we are also taking down the myth that birds are fake and controlled by the government because we just you know, we don't believe this, okay? We just don't believe it. And we are growing more birds because of that. And so in, in so many ways, we are helping this world go
0: round um, and Sid, round. I'm sick. My button. Well, the earth is flat, so I'm just <laughs> Sid, I just want you to elaborate on how you grow these birds. Please describe. I'm just a little confused. Jill,
3: as you are the head lead on my lab team and know that we are not supposed to talk about this information, I'm quite surprised that you're bringing this up and wanting to tell this to everybody.
0: I really think that the world needs to know. It is time, Sid. Well, I think that we can
3: talk about this being maybe on a future podcast, but I think it's been great talking to Claire about this and seeing her views on it. And I know that a lot of our listeners probably have differing views on this exact topic, and we would love to hear
1: your thoughts. We would. We would love to hear your thoughts. So if you'd like to drop them in the comments, we would love to see what everyone has to say. And we just wanna thank Claire for coming on, especially because here at Global Pandemic, a prolonged powwow, we value differing opinions. And so it was so great today to hear a different perspective um, than the one that Sydney and Jill often push and lead. And we're also looking forward in a future episode to hear how this growing of birds takes place. Um, and so thank you so much for joining us today, everyone. Thank you, Claire, especially. Thank you so
2: much, Claire. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for the genuine and real conversation.
3: Yes. We, you will be receiving a gift in the mail for being on our podcast. Oh my
2: gosh. What an honor.
1: Yes. We are not allowed to disclose its value, uh, over the air, but we can say that it is worth somewhere between three and $7,000. Oh, so wow. Really look Amazing. forward to
2: that. Amazing. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Uh, we'll be coming out with another episode soon, and we hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.
3: Thanks for listening to Global Pandemic, a prolonged powwow.
1: Uh, uh, I need you to fight for me when I don't know what I believe. Yeah, hey. Why does everybody leave? Show me what it's like to dream